Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Bang Bang Podcast Christmas Cracker. Uh, as you know now, every day during December, we're releasing episodes like we do most years. And it's me and a guest, and we talk about one of their favorite matches, and we talk a bit of festive bollocks. And we normally do about four hours, condensed down into about half an hour. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah, so this is, uh, yeah, this is another one of those. And I hope you're all enjoying them, and I hope you're all having a very festive a very festive a very enjoyable christmas period it's quite early in the morning i'm not used to recording in the daytime i'm normally drunk um and i'm not drunk because it's 11 o'clock in the morning so um right so uh this week i've got a returning uh guest for one of the christmas specials um, a man whose social media act is incredible incredible uh elite fpl total steve-o podcast uh, we probably won't talk about football so much today because, again, we've only got a certain amount of time. And um, I'm sure he's enjoying Burnley being back in the Premier League. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Steve-O. <laughs> no, I'm not. Mate, I hate it. Going? Oh, really? Meet me, me or Burnley? <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, in all seriousness, I'm fine. I am, I'm really glad that you're back uh, with Steve do your podcast and everything and as I always state whenever I do um, if I ever do any form of collaboration with somebody um, I find it really especially somebody that I listen to on a regular basis which is you um, I find it really surreal being on, on, on your show and um, it's the same with Matt Willis uh, Matt Lewis sorry I uh, we did a collaboration with him for with Elite FPL and The Volley um, but what really angered me about them really angered me was YouTube would you believe the whole site had gone down so it kept uh, lagging really, really badly, and it really frustrated me because just people that we would normally have um, weren't enjoying the content at all, unfortunately. So we were just losing lots of viewers. But we had a really good time. Like him and Jason, Matt and Jason, I could see got on really, really well, and I want to um, collaborate with them again with Elite, do it again basically with Elite FPL. And even from like my own personal point of view, since last speaking with you. I've now gone into your profession, so to speak. I'm now as a NHS porter. Been doing that for four months. Really, really. I'm working in a mental health institute, so I'm really enjoying it. And it kind of gives me a real, a more of an appreciation of what you do, Andy, in your world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. A lot of people, especially uh, around COVID time, where people lost jobs or were put onto furlough that kind of thing lots of people came into the nhs in various different levels and professions from from the outside kind of the outside world um and not all of them stuck with it a lot of people went back to their normal jobs when those sort of things started up again um but yeah when people see it from the other side it is it's quite uh, quite an eye-opener isn't it I am, like I said, I've been doing it for four months and bearing in mind I was in, I've, I still am institutionalised from Tesco, which I was with for 16 years. And I did um, stupidly with hindsight now, I, I did a for five weeks a Tesco delivery driver job after leaving shop floor. And that was possibly one of the biggest mistakes that I'd ever done. Um, truth be told, it, tra- it legitimately traumatised me. I know that may sound overdramatic, but it's not. Uh, it genuinely traumatised <laughs> me. My, uh, my brother thinks that I'm legitimately suffering from post-traumatic stress from tesco uh, in this new job role because the jobs are complete like literally night and day i can't believe how easy the job i'm doing now is i mean i'm I'm essentially just a glorified uh, postman slash bin binman that's all i am and i don't mean that and i don't mean that in a horrible way towards postman or or binman but literally all my job is is just to pick up a chair and move it from one side of the office to the other I, i i find it quite fascinating how like without sounding rude but how lazy people are um you know they, they literally give you job tickets to come into an office and go yeah can you just move that table from there to there and it's like can't you yeah. do it like it's just mad I, I just can't get my head around it um <laughs> no. and like the, the people that i even work with they seem to have like some kind of weird problem with having to do work and it's just like all we're having to do is carry a chair up some stairs and you've got you've got an issue with that like it's yeah. I just find it very, very strange. And I've got such a high respect for the nurses, um, male and female. Like it's especially dealing with mental health patients. It's it's pretty dark stuff. And I've seen some things which as an individual, I've never seen in my life. And it's quite 
I don't know what the terminology is, but it's 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 um, shall we say very insightful into that world um, with people with severe problems um, with their health, basically, and how the nurses have to have to deal with them. It's it's a very very interesting insight. Yeah, I mean, there's always been a certain amount of mental health um, interaction with mental health patients. Like in my specific role, I work on an admissions ward. That's gone up probably tenfold in the past four or five years uh, with the reduction of mental health services in the community. People now, they can't get to speak to anybody, can't get to see anybody in the community from a mental health point of view. So they'll either present to A&E at an early stage looking for help basically or they'll present to A&E at a later stage and they've actually done themselves some physical damage and then they then they end up kind of coming onto onto my ward so yeah well I mean it's Christmas so on this on this (laughs) (laughs) I mean on this entertaining um but no but like you said it is people don't um people who aren't who haven't seen this kind of stuff from again you're seeing it now from from the outside point of view um it is and it is we with me and steve being on the show a lot of the time we do talk about stuff related to the nhs and to, to nursing and to, and we've spoken about mental health before uh in great depth from certain episodes so um it is again it's always good to highlight that the the, the there isn't that much support in the community so it does kind of make you realize how much and the value of just saying you know keeping in touch with your mates and because there isn't always people there to talk to so when you've got the chance to get in touch with somebody communicate with somebody and check in on them make sure they're okay it is kind of of paramount importance so and i i I will um, make a point that i do think podcasts like this are very valuable like you are very self-deprecating when it comes to um, this podcast, but I don't think you understand how much of an impact it has on people like myself, where <laughs> literally the other day I was sweeping, um, sweeping up the, the, the road and everything and just had you and Steve on. It just yeah. passes time. It's, it's a podcast for me since the last time I was on, um, it, they've evolved in my life. Um, yeah. Um, and, I, I, I very air what Mag says a lot, which is he doesn't understand from a chain wrestling point of view what an impact their show does for others. And I, from an elite FPL point of view, or even a total Steve point of view, but certainly from an elite FPL point of view, I don't realize how much of an impact I have had. And I'll tell you, I'll be completely honest, open with you. I, I went to, for the first time, um, a fantasy football meetup um, in. Uh, what's the month now in uh, november yeah and in real time it was two weeks ago uh, but when people are listening to this it was it was a month ago now but anyway and um it, i was it was i was very humbled by there was about 50 people there so what it was it was a, it was a live podcast of a, of a of a podcast i listened to and there were about 50 people there it was in a pub and it was very 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 surreal and humbling for people come there was a lot of people that come up to me and saying how much of an impact my videos have had positively on their lives including one gentleman who was uh, several years older than me and he come up to me and he just said i don't think you understand how much of a positive impact you've had on my life and he looked it genuinely looked like he was going to cry and yeah. i was like inside i'm like fucking hell like this is this is dark because he was he was he was he he had he had had, clearly had a few drinks and he was at that unfortunate stage where he was um not happy he was quite down Mm. and he was clearly nervous speaking to to myself and when he came out with the line of just like thank you for doing these videos of just talking about real life um he he generally looked like he was going to break down and cry and I was genuinely taken aback by it because I had so many people just like coming up to me doing the, oh, thank you, Steve. Your videos are so funny and so on and so forth. But to get like a bloke several years older than me saying, thank you for doing what you're doing uh, was very, very humbling. And the point I'm trying to get at is that um, 
people like us who are independent content creators, we will never, ever, ever understand the impact on what we are having on others. And it does help with mental health. Like I said, with people like yourself, um, yeah. the, the UTT podcast, Chain Wrestling, um, they they get me through some bad times. I'm not going to lie. Chain Wrestling, I, I absolutely adore. And yeah. they really do pick me up from a really shitty day yeah no they are great and again this because we're all normal people so we've all got our own experiences our own lives and stuff and you know it's it's not like these days pretty much most celebrities have got podcasts or haven't they or most sort of sports pundits or everyone's kind of got a podcast um and i think there is a place for people that are just, you know, just normal people having a chat. I, I, it, it didn't even occur to me until about, and actually probably until we started doing the episodes where I was talking to other people mm-hmm. rather than just me and Steve, it actually dawned on me and the other people were listening. <laughs> it was just us, us talking. Cause obviously when we started, it was just, and you know, the first few list, uh, episodes, it was, you know, the numbers where we were getting anybody listening. It was, uh, I was quite shocked. Then as time went on, it was like, oh yeah, actually then when we like, you know, got other people on the show, it was like, yeah, yeah we, we've been listening and we re- remember this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, gee, I don't remember that. Like I was on the show. So, um, yeah, but listen, we have to, we have to, we have to get onto Christmas related stuff. So, uh, as with, as with all guests that have been on these Christmas crackers, I've heard that you're, you're throwing a, a, a Christmas drinks party and you, for some reason you've invited three wrestlers, which is, uh, a strange right, choice man, of, yeah. a strange choice of guests uh first of all your your christmas drinks party are, are, are there nibbles involved what are your position what's your position on nibbles <laughs> well um i've recently discovered a shop called i don't know if you're aware of it called Liddles. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've heard of it yeah yeah well i never frequented uh, this this shop because I was Tesco's through and through and of course that ten percent discount goes a long way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my life was literally you know six days a week working in Tesco's and I'd spend all my money in Tesco's. Since leaving, I've realised I need to cut back on my spending full stop and um, I realised that Lidl were really really um, really really cheap. I knew that anyway, but I didn't realise how cheap they were. They sell some really good products. But the point I'm trying to get at regarding nibbles is um, I would be going there for their bakery. Specifically, talking to Christmas, anybody listening to this right now, you must go out your way to go and try their Christmas muffins, carrot, carrot, carrot cake flavour and chocolate orange flavour. Andy, they are phenomenal. Are they? Absolutely but stunning. There might be people that actually in Lidl's now listening to this at Christmas time. So get well, out of the middle aisle. Get out of, <laughs> yeah, get out of the middle aisle, obviously, and go to the uh, go to the bakery bit. So certainly nibbles wise, I'd be buying a truckload of them. Eighty nine p. Oh wow! <laughs> I then have the chocolate brownies. The chocolate brownies they do are absolutely stunning. Their donuts, to be fair, their donuts are really, really nice. And of course, um, after I've shopped at Lidl to buy all that, I'd be going down to Marks and Spencers. I'd I'd be spending a bit more money and I'd happily I'd happily buy another truckload of their of Marks and Spencers chocolate twists. Stunning, Mr. Simpson. Absolutely (laughs) fantastic. Chocolate twists. Yes. Okay, I'm writing all this down. Okay, so right, so a lot. That's so very sweet. A sweet tooth, very sweet face. <laughs> well, I got the teeth, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a nibble sorted. Um, I, I'd imagine there'll be some black metal playing with there, or some uh, some fresh, or some. Well, uh, as my mate Dan would say, well, I'm not really into that much these days, if I'm honest. I mean, no. if people do listen to the Total Steve podcast, I do play music on there, which is reflecting what I'm listening to in the gym. And to be honest, I'm going down the, the emo 
room. I think this is a, an era okay. which passed you by. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose it probably did, to be honest. The, the mid the mid two thousands emo era, um, the yeah. likes of the used, uh, a band called I'm obsessed actually with a band called Pierce the Veil. Okay, um, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Have you really? <laughs> I have. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Blimey. Uh, their song King for a Day is one of those where I could just listen to repeat over and over. That's what repeat is, Steve. Um, who else is there that I'd, I'd be playing? I can remember the one song by The Used. Um, the Taste of Ink, by any chance? Yeah, it was The Taste of Ink, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's their most I, popular one. I was into stuff like Jimmy Eat World now. That wasn't really emo, though, was it? That was... Um, like pop punk, isn't it? And yeah, it was kind of... Whiny punk. It was kind of when, when they came in, that was like the beginning of kind of emo, and then it got branched out into more. But I think they were kind of in that group when they first come through. I'm listening to, actually, a podcast called Dear Download. Um, it's, it's predominantly okay. about download festivals. So it's really, really good. Um, I think, in fact, anybody listening in, like Chris Bellis, as an example, um, yeah. Yeah, and sending out my love to him, actually, because I know what, um, at the moment he's going through something. But anyway, um, yeah, he would really enjoy it because it's two blokes like us, like anybody that does this stuff, and they're just talking passionately about a download festival. And um, they uh, were talking about Jimmy Eat World, and they just said they are yeah. one of the worst bands to what they're oh. so boring live. <laughs> <laughs> a scandalous i've actually gone onto google now and put in do you consider jimmy world emo and on reddit somebody the top answer is yes uh i'm just reading this now do you consider jimmy world emo yes they were active in the emo scene they slowly stopped being emo later on so I think that goes to prove that Jimmy World were emo. They were emo at the beginning. I would say. I don't. I don't know that much. There. I'm sure if I was to play, go on Spotify now and to play the the, the popular songs, I'm sure I'd be like, oh yeah, that. I remember. I remember listening to that, getting angry in the Coco Lounge uh, in Torquay or whatever during the metal nights and whatnot. But uh, um, yeah, that's what I'd be playing at my, my, my Christmas party, Andy. A bit, a bit of a light, light yeah. emo, whiny, whiny metal. I think. Uh, Rival schools were good as well. They only had one album, Rival Schools, um, and they had one, them, one decent single. But they came from that similar sort of early 2000s <coughs> American. Um, yeah, you, you might like them. They were, I'm not sure if they were emo. I'm not going to look that up because we haven't got time for that bollocks. We're Rival Schools emo. And they're named after a video game, Rival Schools. And I had a Rival Schools T-shirt. Okay. Because I was only a, a very small bell. People had the impression that I'm in my fucking fifties. I'm not that old. So in 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 2000, I was 22. Okay. Yeah, so when emo, when emo was coming around, I would have been in my early to mid twenties. So yeah, emo really took off in about 2005, 2006 ish. Okay. When like my was, chemical romance uh, absolutely yeah. exploded onto the scene, yeah. and this was an era in which uh, the MySpace days was really blowing up. And I'll be honest, over the past several months, I've been going through a almost like a nostalgic look back um, through yeah. music that I used to not consider good. And then I'm looking back at it and going, actually, it's not too bad. Like, uh, for instance, a band called Enter Shikari, as an example, yeah. used to fucking hate them. Couldn't stand them. And then yeah. I thought, well, they were very popular back then. Let's give them a listen now. And actually, to be fair, th- they're not great, but I can understand why they were popular with them a bit more of an older head on. Um, you know, it's very, in fact, funny enough, if, you know, we're not going to talk about it for now, but like very similar to why this RVD John Cena match stands out is because it's just very nostalgic for myself. Yeah. <coughs> Definitely. I, I mean, the problem I've had with most musical scenes is my lack of hair because, again, I couldn't be a goth, could I? You can't have bold goths. <laughs> emo, the big thing at emo scene was uh, was hair as well. 
even the indie scene, yeah, there's not many bold. So really, with, with boldness, I'm not sure what scene that. I suppose um, I could be a metaller, could I? With no hair. Well, I Apart think you could. I suppose. Isn't, yeah. isn't like one of those biggest? What's his name from Judas Priest? He's bold, yeah. isn't he? Well, Holford, he's, he's bold. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and um, there are many, many bold-headed guitarists and drummers. Dimya Borgi, their uh, their okay. guitarist is, is, but there's many, uh, many bold-headed. <laughs> <laughs> Why are your top ten bold headed musicians to, to, uh, uh, at Bang Bang Podcast on yeah. Twitter? <laughs> We're allowed to do all sorts now, bold headed people. I tell you, times have changed. <laughs> we can uh, we can walk amongst the human uh, the human race unaided. unaided. So yeah, we're uh, um, right. Come on, right. So uh, the the guest then is a knock at the door at Steve O Towers, and uh, the first guest has arrived. Who's who's the first guest? Well, um, I know Matt Lewis isn't going to like this, but it is going to be Phil Brooks, Mr. CM Punk. Yeah. Um, The three that I've chosen, actually, the reason why I've chosen them is because any time I've heard them on any form of podcast. Yeah. I I find them. I relate with them a lot. I I, I think they're very um, real, open and honest. And. I personally think from CM Punk, um, I, I find him fascinating. What really, really, really grabbed me. I know Steve doesn't like him and I know Matt Lewis doesn't like him, but what really grabbed me was that. Um, and I know um, you guys were talking about how much you hate it. And I was just sat there. Well, no, sorry. I wasn't sat there. I was sweeping up the leaves and I'm just like, you're wrong. When <laughs> the media yeah. scrum AEW do, I think is fantastic. And that no. media scrum that CM Punk did when it ended up causing a fight with the Young Bucks and everything, I thought was one of the most, one of the greatest things I've, one of, one of the greatest things I've ever seen in wrestling. I thought yeah. it was absolutely phenomenal. Just him I mean, sat eating a muffin, speaking to whoever it was. It was brilliant, mate. And I yeah. found it absolutely phenomenal. No, I, I, I mean, it's great entertainment. It's fantastic. But it's not conducive to running a uh, organised and happy. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. You've got you've got a Tony Tony, <laughs> Tony Khan there, who yeah. was clearly very 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 uncomfortable, very yeah. uncomfortable. And if you watch back, like I agree with what I think it was Sai said on Chain Wrestling. He said words to the effect of, "Why didn't Tony just go look look Phil?" Um, there's a time and place for this right now. We just want to talk about your match with whoever it was. Uh, we'll just save this for whenever. Um, but CM, for some for some reason, Tony Khan was maybe scared of CM Punk. I don't know, and um, just didn't want to didn't want to interrupt, and it just turned into what it did. And I found, I personally think the AEW scrums are incredible. Um, I watched one with Will Offspray. And I just could not believe this is before the all in at Wembley. And he yeah. did his, his AEW scrum. And it was a really, really fascinating um, conversation between him and the journalist. And, and what I like about a person is just they're, they're, they're allowed to say what they want, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't really care. I think it's a br- I think it's brilliant. And for me, it's what I love about wrestling. Not that I watch wrestling at all anymore to me and in fact that's something in my life that's happened is that i do not watch wrestling anymore no um, but th- that's a different conversation for a different day but certainly one of the things that i love about wrestling is when they blur the lines between reality and storyline and i i can't i think it's 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 so good that what phil did or what will osprey did or whoever um even daniel bryan or brian danielson yeah. fascinating bloke to, to listen to really open honest and i think it's because of their age as well that that because they're older and wiser they've got nothing to lose it's like me you know i'm a lot older and wiser now when it comes to like elite fbl i don't or total steve i don't care anymore what you're going to do unfollow me oh no another profile's not following me and i don't know you you know and it's yeah. the same this the attitude with so what is this like what ricky gervais says you know he's got a massive problem with it all you know the, these people that are just um so scared to say what they're really thinking 
And um, this is why I love this is why I'd love to speak to Phil Brooks or just have a conversation with him because I just think he's my kind of person. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, one of these other Christmas specials contains um, uh, uh, a look back at CM Punk's AEW t- career, the, the sort of two what years. Which uh, so we we just talk about it a bit more on one of those. Um, but yeah, a good choice for guests, right? Number two. Never knock at the door. Well, this is going to be a fun evening. Uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. An individual who's probably the most intimidating man on the planet. Yeah. Um, he is an, another individual who I've seen on... What was it, that meat butchers or something when he came out of... <laughs> something inside carving up a deer (laughs) like whenever he's been on podcasts like that or when he was on um i always remember his stone cold steve austin one from back Hmm. from seven years ago now he's just me he's just a miserable bastard that wants to be left on his own living in his farm in canada surrounded by a 50 foot high wall doesn't want to interact with people i remember this one line actually that stuck with me I hate people. I hate them. Yeah. And I just relate with him so much, like just his attitude towards the training aspect of things, um, his attitude to work, his attitude to life. And I don't think Brock Lesnar, I know why he doesn't because he hates people, but he needs to do more podcasts. Um, even his one with, didn't he do one with Pat, that moron? Pat yeah, I like him. Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure yeah. he did one with him, and it was okay. But you could tell that it was quite an uncomfortable setting because Pat wasn't really getting much of the vibe off of Brock, and Brock was just like, "I'm Brock Lesnar." At the end of there, I can say what I want. Whereas when he was yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin, he has a lot of high regard for Austin. Austin has a lot of high regard for him, and they're actually they're actually mates as well. And um, I just found it really, really interesting. I just find Brock Lesnar's career just fascinating. Not of late, um, his latest stuff. Not that I'm going to know much of it, but his latest stuff in WWE, um, you know, for me, has done nothing for me. Um, but certainly his early career up to like the 2016, 2017 era, I find it really, really fascinating. And certainly his UFC stuff as well. Um, you know, this guy's a freak. It's like it's like Joe Rogan says, this guy's a freak of nature. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, he, he'd be definitely be uh, eating all the Lidl's Christmas muffins and I ain't going to say no. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit like, so I know a few people compared him to like our generation sort of Andre the Giant. So Andre the Giant as a kid, he was like, he wouldn't wrestle. He'd, he'd very rarely ever wrestle. He'd never lose. He, I don't think he was ever pinned, ever like in history definitely not on on tv um and he was like an attraction obviously the difference is with brock lesnar he can actually run around in you know with andre the giant you, i'm pretty sure he could run away from andre the giant if he wanted to get you whereas brock lesnar you, you can't run away from him if no. you ran off he could catch you and then throw you about 40 feet in the air and and again he looks like if you if you saw him in the airport like you'd be genuinely quite scared yeah <laughs> you know because he looks like he, at any moment he could go absolutely fucking well it links me terribly that, apart i know yeah. we've got a very short amount of time now so um it links me beautifully into the mental health aspect of things regarding where i work and some yep. of the people i see are mon- like when i say monsters i mean is in their physique yeah. and i look at them and i go you're about six foot five large in stature shall we say you don't look after yourself and i think yeah but brock lesnar is six foot three 200 and whatever pounds he is shit yeah. brick house and i just think that bloke there that eats a lot of uh, eats a lot of greggs yeah it just kind of puts in perspective how big these wrestlers are like the likes oh, of yeah. Lesnar. it's just it's it's frightening a beast yeah. quite literally a beast of a man yeah right number three then last guest who's uh who's well it's, 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 we just mentioned him it's his mate stone cold steve austin uh, okay yeah another 
a bloke that's an individual who I've got a very high regard for, for what he's done in certainly the Attitude Era. Uh, coincidentally, by pure coincidence, yesterday I was watching the Royal Rumble 1998 and 1999 because yeah. it was uh, extras on the Royal Rumble 2000 DVD. Okay. And I just watch and I just think this, because it was a toss-up between The Rock and Stone Cold, but I think Stone Cold because I just think he's a bit more laid back and yeah. he's happy to have a few beers and speak openly about things. Cause I remember his with, was it Ted Fowler? He used to do the podcast with. Yeah. Oh, back in the day. Yeah. 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 They were really, really funny and interesting. I think he'd just bring a bit of, um, a bit of lighthearted entertainment playing a, an acoustic guitar to me and to me. Brock and yeah. <laughs> We've got two people there. I think CM Punk probably takes himself quite seriously. Uh, Ike Brock he probably takes himself quite me. seriously as well, yeah. Austin probably, he'd probably be the, the most uh, laid back and, uh, you know, fun of the three of them. Essentially, they're just three of my favourite wrestlers um, yeah. in the industry. That's all it is. And like I say, whenever I've heard them on podcasts, obviously Stone Cold mainly, yeah. very, very interesting people to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Good choices. Right. So the match you picked, I, know, I went back and watched this a couple of days ago. I, I'm, I think I've, I definitely watched it at the time, but I've not really watched this back in full. Um, so it's uh, yes, RVD and Cena from One Night Stand in 2006. Yes. Um, yeah, this is Cena gets a lot. I mean, in current times, you've not been. I know you've not been watching wrestling for a while. Obviously, Cena has been back recently. Yeah. Um, and it's probably I know people dislike Cena at this point. This current Cena is much more dislikable than that Cena. Oh, I can't make, kind of like the yeah. I actually tweeted about it. It pretty much, in fact, the tweet summed up why I don't watch wrestling today. And it was watching yeah. John Cena jumping around like a like a a five year old seeing his yeah. favorite wrestler when. LA Knight came out to confront Roman Reigns after Roman Reigns has been off TV for three months and just watching CM Punk in the background. It's, it's, it's actually embarrassing and I can't deal yeah. with it, especially when you compare it, whatever people may think, but comparing that to like, say Christian on AEW, which oh, yeah. is just this straight faced kind of like the kind of like delving into his character properly and real character development and doing things really, really seriously. And it's like really engrossing TV. Whereas yeah. seeing a bloke in a bright green top jumping around like, oh, my God, it's, LA, it's, 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 an, it's an embarrassment. <laughs> well, it, the sort of character he's playing is that because he's uh, he's what well, he was back at WrestleMania and, and lost to Austin Fury and he recently lost to Solo Sakura. So his kind of job is to come back in now and and put these younger guys over. But he's kind of it, it's almost like he's an actor playing a it's apparently somebody who wrestles (laughs) in fact in fact fact, now you say that it's very in fact it is identical to when ricky gervais stupidly did his david brent life on the road film because all david all ricky gervais is doing is playing is doing an impression of an impressionist doing an impression of david brent it's embarrassing and it's the same with john cena it's you're just a parody of yourself. And ironically, if you were putting people over um, yeah. back in 2016, 2017, when you should have done, for instance, like uh, as Benny Mac, and I completely agree with Benny Mac on this regarding why he didn't lose to Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, whatever year it was, I think it was 2017 or 16. He didn't yeah. lose to Bray Wyatt when he should have done. Bray Wyatt should have been pushed to the, to the moon. Yeah, pushed to the moon, and John Cena could have been that guy that did it. Same with Rusev, same with bloody Rusev. Yeah, Rusev was on the ride of his life. He comes up against John Cena. I think he, three matches or whatever, he beat him once. Yeah, and it's just like, God, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be winning these matches. You should be pushing this young talent for crying out loud. Thanks, it's, Andy. It's it's supposed to be Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I know, yeah. But like in the um like he uh the match with Austin Fury he he lost Austin Fury Austin Fury has done nothing since then if anything his character has regressed not he had he didn't particularly have a character in the first place so the whole the whole promo 
going into it was seen him as like, well, you've got um you've got the look, you've got the the physical ability, but the fact is like you're quite boring. So you can feud with me now, but once I'm gone, you're still gonna be this boring character. Which, you know, is is true. <laughs> Unfortunately it's it's true. Um, so the fact he beat Cena, nobody really remembers him beating John Cena at WrestleMania because, I mean, it might be different with Solo Sokoa because now beating John Cena doesn't really mean anything, you know, like back in those. And to be fair, he did go for a period where he, uh, he did with Kevin Owens. And well, when we got out of the kind of super Cena era, which he was in at this point in 2006, um, he did he did put a few people but again he yeah like I don't know why he needed to beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania and but 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 this but my point was that obviously now he's a, a caricature of himself. But if you yes. go back and people think about um this match and then we think about the match with CM Punk in Chicago, it there's something to be said for because I was liking this match to a football match. Same as the um CM Punk match in Chicago, being yep, an away yep. game, yep. yeah, where the entire crowd is like against you, or like boxing, you'll get that you if somebody goes to fight for a title abroad in the other guy's hometown, a guy will come out and the entire crowd will be against them, and he's fighting against literally everybody in the arena, which is the case in this match and the case in the, the Chicago. Well, I think if it was if like if the match in Chicago was CM Punk against um, Alberto Del Rio, yeah. It wouldn't have been the same. I mean, it would have been pro-punk, but Cena incites that passion in people that they hate him that much. That is quite a, that's quite a skill. Well, remember, I was doing the, the, the shitty podcast I was doing stupidly, looking back at this 2011 stuff, and oh, I watched yeah. it in logical order. You were part of it, and yeah, the reality yeah, yeah. Is, is that John Cena was just this complete... Um, superhero style person that it didn't matter what match he was in, he was always going to win, and it was the most boringest yeah. wrestling you'd ever see. And no one expected anybody to beat John Cena. And then you know that two weeks of summer or whatever, four weeks of summer of Punk with, with versus John Cena that quite literally came out of nowhere. Literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like this is some of the greatest TV we've ever seen. And then obviously it accumulated into what happened in Chicago. And then after that, yeah. the whole CM Punk thing just quite literally fell off a cliff in my eyes in 2011. And that's why I just couldn't watch it anymore. And that's why I yeah. had to stop doing it. When uh, Kevin Nash turned up at the blue. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have seen that. I was like, there's a, there's a surprise coming at SummerSlam. There's just a surprise coming at SummerSlam. You'll never guess what happens at SummerSlam. Yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, no, this match was. Wasn't I mean, just again, the atmosphere of the crowd makes it. So it's in the old ECW arena. For people that haven't, because a lot of these matches that we talk about on these Christmas specials, everyone's seen because they are. Um, you know, quite famous and people have picked them quite rightly because they're amazing matches. I mean, there's a couple which are pretty obscure, which we've covered at some points, but, um, but this one, yeah, the whole thing about the Cena going sort of into the, into the lion's den and wrestling against RVD and the crowd. I, I'd never seen that, you know, when he chucks his crowd, his cap into the crowd and it keeps coming back and he chucks his shirt into the crowd about five times. And the shirt keeps coming back. Well, the whole of the whole event itself is very um, hostile, very yeah. hostile. The match between is it Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, um, yeah. on this pay per view, yeah. the abuse that Randy Orton gets is yeah. just isn't there? Isn't there a bit where he's walking out and a kid smacks him, and he turns yeah. around and he's just, he just this whole event is just insane. And I'd love yeah. to know the actual. I mean, I'm sure you could tell me, but. We've only got a few minutes now, but yeah. I would love to know the background as to the build up to this pay per view. It would, in fact, if I had the WWE Network, that's what I probably should do just see the build up to this because the the atmosphere is it is just it's proper riled up. And I mean, there's a bloke, one of the security guards during this match when they're throwing the t shirt back, the black guy, he's really angry. Oh, like, yeah. Spitting yeah. on his, like, genuinely, like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. You you represent what we fucking hate. And it's like, yeah, wow, 
this is just amazing. And John Cena clearly, even during the CM Punk Chicago match, he was person like like you can see it when you the thing is what people don't understand is when you watch these things in chronological order you're like and now it makes sense when you watch it as an isolated match it's just like wow this is amazing but that, yeah. then you just go away with it when when you watch it as an individual is watching things chronologically and you see the way these individuals act in the ring you see John Cena's face in that Chicago match and he's like oh wow even CM Punk's like are you, he actually says it are you listening to this. It is, yeah. It's the same with this 2006. I mean, what John Cena would have been around for 2002, 2003 when he made his debut. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the ins and outs of his of his history, of his build up to why he was champion or anything like this. But certainly I know that th- probably the, the anger that ECW fans had with their company going under and being sold and all this nonsense. Um I think they were very, very bitter towards everything. And I think that you can apply this to a lot of things in life where whether it is football, whether you're bitter towards like Man United fans are towards the Glazers and everything, how their clubs being run. And with um, certainly in the world of wrestling where you've got these companies who are just being taken over by WWE and it's just like we're trying our fucking hardest to do our best and you're taking our talent away like fuck you yeah like fuck you and I think this is this is just my what I get from this match is that the crowd are like this is our world now welcome to it because you're the clean you're the clean cut individuals that have got all these facilities to to train properly and everything whereas these boys that have come from ecw even though i know it was part wwe ecw whatever but yeah you're now in our world this is a tiny little venue and we're compacted in and we're gonna well as they say fuck you up and it is just phenomenal i mean the match is shit (laughs) <laughs> well, 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 I mean, they said so they brought the this. They did a pay per view the year before, which like uh, ECW One Night Stand, which was a. I think they brought out a DVD. Um, so ECW went under in what 2000, 2001. They brought out a DVD in two thousand and five, which did really well. So they put on a pay per view, which was mainly old ECW wrestlers, people like RVD who got into WWE, and they had a bit of like a reunion pay per view where they wrestled. So that did amazingly well. So they did it the next year, but they introduced more WWE guys wrestling against ECW wrestlers. So like with RVD and Cena, and this did really well, not as well as the year before, but on the basis of the success of this, this is why they brought back ECW on TV, which happened a couple of years later, which was died a death. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's an event that I apologize. I'm sure it's Chris Bellis. Chris Bellis yeah. and Danny covered one of the the events and I just out of respect to them I thought right they're talking about how good it is I watched it and I'm like yeah. this is in my opinion <laughs> I can't watch it it's just <laughs> terrible well the, the modern ECW or the old the, the modern it was the one of the modern yeah. ones yeah I can't remember yeah. I apologize no, it wasn't great you, but it was it was it was when um it was an elimination chamber match and I think Test was involved with it because he was like oh, the, the big uh December to December. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just. I think everybody got. I think Heyman got the sack about two weeks after that, basically, because Heyman was involved with the creative and that to start off with, but then it was on TV and Vince was getting involved and it became more and more watered down. I think one of the on the first ECW show or like one of the early ECW shows, one of the main events was Ric Flair against the Big Show or something like that. It's like this is not really. <laughs> This is not really ECW, but so yeah, getting to as we're as we're running out of time. So the match is, I mean, it is all right. I mean, again, Cena lost, but it took ref bumps. It took a mysterious man in a motorcycle helmet and a jacket coming in and spearing him through a table. Yeah, the whole the whole match, I think. Did you know who that was? Were you surprised we let that helmet come off? Well, at the well, I mean, I've seen this match. So I haven't actually told you why I actually like this match. I mean, I wasn't re- watching wrestling in 2006. The reason yeah. why I knew about this match is because I was going on a it was a CM Punk history lesson on YouTube. This is before YouTube was um, taking down videos and everything. And yeah, um, I was going through a CM Punk slash John Cena history to try and understand 
why these wrestlers were popular. So this would have been about 2013, 2014-ish. Yeah. And this is one of the matches that, that, that popped up, John Cena versus RVD. And I just always, because I was always watching them in the gym when doing cardio. And I always found it really fascinating when I when I watched these because I was because they were always matches like you said that that stand to the test of time mainly because of the fans. Yeah, and that's right. It was a compilation of fan chanting, and that's how okay. I got to watch this match because one of them was because of the, the fan chants in this, and yeah. it just blew my mind about like, wow, is this what wrestling is now? Like is this what wrestling's become like this raucous atmosphere of just lunatics going, like you said, like football away fans going mental um, yeah. about their rivals. And the first I think it's the first I timed it. It was like the first eight minutes, 32 seconds is just the the entrances. Yeah. And then the match, so the, the whole video is 33 minutes, but the match ends at like the 20 eight minute mark i think something so the actual yeah. match is about 20 minutes long give or take maybe maybe a bit less 18 minutes yeah. and all it is really let's get real here is just quite literally spot after spot it's not really a as i watched with the the royal rumble 2000 with the dudley boys versus the hardys and the tables match like a free-flowing moving yeah. thing where it's like right we've just got to stop for a second because jeff hardy's setting up a table i've got nothing to do so i'm just going to pretend to to, to pretend to feign injury no it was yeah. just go 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 yeah. and it's the same with a lot of that royal rumble 2000 it was just like the 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 one of the greatest tag team matches i've ever seen because it's just so short it's the acolytes versus the road dog and well the outlaw the new age outlaws because it's just so quick and fluid and the story works so perfectly whereas this match it was just right we're going to get these spots in. Um, there was also a, a botched spot as well with RVD and John Cena. And then the rest of the match is just pretty much just listening into what the crowd are chanting, which I think I spent more time writing down the notes, what was said <laughs> more than the actual match itself, to be honest, because I was watching this during the last night's game between Chelsea and Man City while listening no into the vault. And yeah. I kind of like just thought I'd have them two on in the background well, I've got my headphone in and if anything happens, I'll just look up at the screen, which is terrible, really. But I was writing notes down and yeah. I think Matt and Dan's commentary in the Chelsea Man City game as an entertainment point of view was probably more enjoyable than this actual match. But as an overall, you know, because of the atmosphere and everything, it, it's just such a standout. But, yeah, there's it's, it is, it's just a spot fest, to be honest with yeah. you. Just, that was ECW, yeah. though, really. And that, well, the original ECW, and that was RVD's kind of because RVD wouldn't none of RVD, RVD matches featured sort of five minute rest holds or things like that. It was spot after spot after spot after spot. Some um, of the spots were brilliant. There's, there's oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's his usual trademark one of running around the ring with a chair and slamming into John Cena's face, just brilliant. Yeah um the jumping off the rope onto down onto the floor onto to rv onto john cena's neck and everything it's just just brilliant you yeah, know but it's yeah. just so slow and it's like you said it's just like right then this is what we're going to do next i think the for me the worst bit and i think this was probably potentially one of the first times it may have happened was the back and forth Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know when you're watching it back, it's just so fake and so forced. That's an indie crowd thing, though. And it, it was like a, yeah. That, I mean, that arena probably held about a couple of thousand tops. So yes. It's a really small arena. It was the old, I was ready to do the ECW shows in the Hammerstein Arena, the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, but so, do you know what happens after this, going forwards? I, I would not have a clue. <laughs> so this is RVD basically at his peak. Oh, so. hold on. I can answer that question because I was yeah. supposed to say my basic understanding is that RVD was one of those wrestlers where the fans loved him, but yeah. Vincent Mann just wasn't pushing him. It was just like the intercontinental mm. level only. And if he ever went to the world championship, he'd always get beaten. But I don't think Vincent Mann saw him as a, a WWE guy slash somebody that 
um could be on the front of wwe magazine or whatever he just didn't represent wwe but obviously the fans a bit like with cm punk really kind of pushed it where i'm assuming this is the first this is the first time he won the wwe championship yeah and only um and then and then i'm probably gonna answer the question now which is is this when he then was caught after the show smoking a certain substance or caught with a certain substance so he was so he went on the next so after this he was uh declared wwe champion and ecw champion so they brought back the ecw title so he was a dual title holder he defended it against edge at the next pay-per-view and then on the way to the monday night raw afterwards i think or it might have been the week after him and sabu were pulled over at like three o'clock in the morning in a car both with their shirts off (laughs) <laughs> with some smoke coming out of the car and the car was just full of drugs basically yeah so the next night on raw he lost the title the next week on ecw tv lost ecw title and then he was suspended for 30 days and that was as close as he ever got to being world champion again and that was the main reason he probably didn't have the title put on him in the first place was because of his how long did he last unreliability. In the, how long did he last in wwe and for quite a while he, okay he, he stayed around for probably on and off i can't remember when he signed i think he signed for tna when hogan took over tna have you have you ever have you ever come across that time period the, the simple answer <laughs> is no <laughs> i feel like you said i said you need to watch um the only yeah, thing so, I, I remember about hulk hogan and tna is brooke hogan because it was on yeah. Channel TV. Yeah. And I was just like, who are these people? Like, I think who she's still, uh, I think she's still married to Bubba Ray Dudley. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But um, <laughs> what? <laughs> they got married uh, on TLA. What? They're married in real what? No, no, no. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's, it's still real to me. But um, but they got married on. Yeah. And so Hulk Hogan was. Uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray's father-in-law. But again, you need to be watching this stuff. You don't because it's shit, but there's a lot of hokey, stupid stuff. But um, yeah, he signed with TNA, I think, around about when Hogan. So he was in TNA for quite a while, won their world title. And then okay. sporadically came back every few years to do... And now he's in AEW. AEW. Every now yeah. and again. He still looks pretty br- good. That was brilliant when he came back to the Pantera's walk. That oh, was, yeah, that was that was his ECW music. Mm. Oh, watch, really? there's, yeah, yeah. There's some on Daily Motion, uh, which I sent you the link to the clip of this. Yeah. There's some old ECW pay-per-views on Daily Motion, and they are like the atmosphere of those. So his he comes out to walk. Uh, Sandman comes out to enter Sandman. Yes, by yeah. Metallica, and that is like properly special. It's like it's like the atmosphere to this, but like every match, pretty much, and they're not like savagely against one bloke. They're like savagely behind both blokes. So mm. it's really, uh, it's a really good watch. Um, and if you watch it on the network, I mean, you, you know, but if you did watch it on the network, they haven't got the original music on that. But on the Daily Motion, they got the original original shows up there. So all the original, because um, Heyman just used to use a bit like this show, to be honest. Don't worry about fucking copyright or anything like that. We just stick original music on the end of uh, shows. So, so Heyman used to use um, Metallica, Pantera. The, the intro to each of the BTV was Welcome to the Jungle, I think, by um, oh, okay. Burns and Roses. We never yeah. asked for permission to use this stuff. Just did it. Uh, don't ask for permission. Ask for, ask for forgiveness afterwards. Um, but So when you see it on the network or anything else, it's all... The music's all changed and it's all kind of you know bastardized it takes it away, yeah it takes it away yeah. from what you're so watching it doesn't feel because when they like when they um put the when they overdub the music obviously they have to overdub the crowd as the well crowd yeah you get yeah. the same crowd reaction but so i always find they, it really weird when i watched uh i don't know whatever it was and the undertaker came out and it was supposed yeah. it should have been american badass yeah but it came out with dead man walking i'm like what the fuck is this and the crowd was all fake and i'm like You've completely yeah. taken me out of this moment. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's one of the many, many reasons why I, I unsubscribe to the network. But 
yeah, like I said, this match, as you quite rightly say, it's just one spot after another. A bloke yeah. comes out from out of nowhere in a, a bicycle helmet, spears John Cena for a table. He's laying there. RVD spends about 40 minutes wondering whether he should pin him or not. Pins him, and then the guy comes. Then there's no referee. And then mm. what I can understand is Paul Heyman randomly comes out to count. I completely forgot about this. Paul yeah. Heyman comes out. In fact, another thing I completely forgot about is when John Cena kind of turns heel and attacks the ECW referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the blue. But yeah, what's the well, deal he, with he Paul Heyman? He wrestled as a heel. Cena basically wrestled as a heel the whole match. Really. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's the Heyman thing was explained because of his extreme rules, apparently, and because of right, that. Right. Okay. Which is a bit, um, yeah. Um, usually, what happens in wrestling is that let's say that happens. Paul Heyman counts three, and then the following night on Raw, SmackDown, whatever, it'll be yeah. you were the official referee. I'm now going to have a, a rematch tonight on Raw, and I'm yeah. assuming that never happened. Yeah. No, Vince said because of extreme rules, it, it was it, it stood, unfortunately. But, okay. so Edge beat RVD for the title, um, which would then be, that was Edge's first world title run. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. Right. We need to go. You need to go. My dog needs to yeah. go out. Um, <laughs> mate, always a pleasure. Tell everybody where we can, where we can find you. If they don't worry. Yeah, no. if you like, if you like fantasy football, you can join myself and Jason, watch our live streams on a regular basis. Um, on Elite FBO, at Elite FBO. If you want to, um, I've decided to do a, a side project with the Total Steve podcast. Um, the, I've got, f- I'm up to series four of it at the moment. First series was my musical journey. They're shit. Uh, second series was covering. I couldn't even tell you. I can't even remember. Series three was definitely covering <laughs> the WWE 2011 era, which um, I absolutely detested. But it did feature the likes of Andy and various other members of the chain wrestling community. Um, they all kindly joined me on various episodes covering pay-per-views. But series four, which has clearly been my it's definitely my favorite, is uh, I've done the office look back, a look back at the office yeah. and how the office has affected my life and how many scenarios in my real life I can compare to the office. Um, and yeah, I'll be, by the time this comes out, the Christmas episodes will be out and then I'm going to be going on to extras, which I cannot bloody wait for. And that's just yeah. total Steve on Spotify or on Twitter. You can follow me at total Steve for, well, like I said, clips of the office, the bill, mainly the bill. And, yeah. um, and occasionally WWE with Jackling wiggling her bum. <laughs> <laughs> but on that, I don't think we get more festive than that, can we? Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll finish there. Uh, Steve O, thanks again, mate. I'm no, just going to go no, in. Thank you. Strangle my dog. And um, Merry Christmas, everybody. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Christmas special. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye bye. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life, this is basic thugonomics. This is basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life, this is basic, basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Whether fighting or spitting, my discipline is unforgiving. Got you backing up in a defensive position. An ass kicking anthem, heavyweight on phantom, holding camp for ransom. The microphone phantom, teams hit the floor, it's the new fight joint. Like a broken needle, kid, you missing the point. We dominate your conference with offense, that's no nonsense. My theme song hits, get your reinforcements. We strike quick with hard kicks, ducking ice sticks, bare knuckle mitts who fight pits, beat you lifeless, never survive this. Get forgot like all timers, two-faced rappers, walk away with four shiners. The raw rhymer, turning legends to old timers. My incisor like a fiber biting through your one liners. New dead man ink, and we about to make you famous. Taking over earth and still kicking in Uranus. Word life, this is basic thugonomics. This is basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugonomics.